Warning. During the episode which follows, approximately seven minutes in, Craig Taylor and David Moss get a little bit confused about the release order of the fine works of Francis Tresham. This was due to the presence of a large scary man with a keenly sharpened spoon who had violently burst into the recording studio merely moments before. To maintain such composure during a situation of extreme stress could arguably lead towards the redefinition of the word heroism. No Francis Treshams were hurt during the production of this episode. Thank you. Hi, welcome to The Train Rush, your new home of 18xx. Well, less of a home, more of a borrowed tent that you're sleeping in whilst you're going through rough times. Thank you so much for your enthusiasm, feeding back to us about how you felt about our pilot episode, and it's really great to hear. Um, Also, thanks to the feedback that everybody delivered, be it positive or negative, really useful to hear, helps drive the the production moving forwards. Yeah, absolutely. It's really good to hear people are listening to us, and and yeah, we're happy to take feedback on board. Firstly, I have to lead with an apology for any correct, incorrect detail in the last podcast. I want to emphasise that we're trying to convey a feel for these games and audience suitability for any particular title rather than being a rules reference. Please don't try and learn the game off us. But nonetheless, that's a poor excuse for not getting things right. So where possible, we're going to try and get things correct. And if we do drop any massive clangers, please tweet tweet at me so I can stick it on the blog somewhere. Yeah. The blog of shame. Let, let us know and we'll do our best to do that. And I think I'll follow that up with a second apology. We know we said at the end of the last episode we were going to do uh, 1836 Junior as our next episode. Um, but that isn't today's fun. So um, that is going to come soon. We are working on it. We've been playing it. Um, but the plan is very much uh, that we need to play it a few more times. Uh, I think it plays with 1856 as well as 1830 rules. So we want to play it a little bit more in that space, see how it all works. Uh, and we'll be getting that to you soon as well. But um, in the meantime, we'll just continue with some sort of general sort of introductory stuff. Uh, and then we'll dive into the meat of today's game. But um, firstly, I guess, Craig, have you got any new train games? Anything come in this week? Not myself, Dave. It's just a, a, a lurking feeling of jealousy due to your arrivals. Yeah, I was looking to use this as an opportunity to boast, but my, my copy of Brass, uh, Brass Lancashire and Brass Birmingham turned up at the weekend. Um, so uh, I'm looking forward to getting that played. And again, that's going to be one of those episodes we'll try and do, because as we said right at the start of this, we're going to encompass all train games, not just 18xx, so that is going to be our primary focus. So um, over the next few weeks, we should um, we should maybe try to get some of the plays in on that, hopefully. I have to have a question about that, actually, Dave. Um, those poker chips that come with it. The, the iron clays. Did you order some? Yes, I have them. What uh, are they like? They do look very nice. Uh, they look a little bit small as a bank uh, in terms of... Um, uh, you know they'll be fine for the brass game, but they wouldn't be the kind of thing you could take out of the box and use with with an eighteen XX or with any other games. But in terms of the poker chip quality and the presentation of them, they do look very nice. Oh, so. That's interesting to hear because they're launching a Kickstarter this year, allegedly, where they're going to have eighteen XX dis- uh, denominations. Is it just the denominations that aren't suitable? Yeah, I think it's purely the size of the bank you get. It's, right. it's designed right, yeah, to totally. be in the box with the brass games, so that's interesting. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, most eighteen XX players, I think, have good. Good, decent, big poker chip sets anyway, but... Um, yeah, I don't, I think Dave. I'm, I don't. But, but you use mine all the time. Yeah, I, I think I've left them at your house recently. Fair, fair point. It makes it easier rather than having to transit them. And I think, you know, the only other thing uh, I kind of want to just touch on briefly as, as part of the intro was looking at some of the news, what's going on in and around the train gaming world. Um, so we know all the board games have given us a bit of an update. Uh, if I'm telling people things they already know, then I will apologise for that. But hopefully we're telling some people who don't all know this, but all the board games... 
uh, are obviously looking at a few things coming through the second half of this year. They're going to publish the uh, 1822 Plus small expansion to 1822, which I think we discussed in our last episode. And I think towards the end of the year as well, 1822CA, which we also talked about last time, um, will be made available. They've also got a couple of games, I think, that are in quite late in their testing phase. So 18 Chesapeake, which is, uh, I think, designed to be a, a an introductory level game. And, and 1761, uh, which is from Ian Wilson, who's designed a bunch of other games. So I don't know much about 1761, but we're looking forward to, to seeing how that evolves. And, and I'm sure when, when Scott uh, at All Aboard puts them up for sale, we'll be willing to give him money. Um, it's not all good news, good news, though, is it, Dave? With GMT having dropped... The development of some of their new ones that i was quite saddened yeah me too i was very keen to see what gmt did with a fresh take uh, and obviously they've announced as part of their their monthly update this week that the uh, the two brand new fresh 18xx designs that they had in process uh, in their review and, and, and you know testing process were um Average. weren't quite up to their expectations which is good you know we, mm. we always want really good games uh, but obviously it's a shame uh, obviously we're still looking forward to, to 1862 east anglia arriving from them um and and that'll be great when that happens sometime next year but um and i think the only other updates i've seen around the world of train gamings was some updates coming out of marflow uh so uh german german small independent publisher uh they quite often have in fact yes they absolutely have a presence at s and every year uh and i think wolfram's plans uh this year are to release 1895 namibia um, which is which is going to be a, a three-player based game, so that's an interesting one. Um, I think I think one of us at least is going to Essen this year, and, and we'll try and pick yeah, up a copy. Absolutely. Uh, and, and if you're going, then I'll just be giving you some cash to get one for me. I think. Yeah, I'm, going, I'm going with a van to pick up other things as well. That's, that's like, just for my games, I think, isn't it? Um, <laughs> having friends in gaming, it's obviously a great burden. And and the other one I think they've got coming as well is is 1876 Trinidad, which I think is a reprint. Uh, it's a game that's been. Uh, been a bit of an issue uh had to have some work on it but uh, but it'll be interesting how that plays out and then next year i think they're planning to do an extension uh, of 18 Ruhr, possibly as a reprint uh with dortmund which appeals to me greatly because it's going to have beer as a resource in it and, and some interesting stuff so so those of you who have read my my bio on the site will appreciate why that appeals to me and uh, yeah so we'll see if more of that comes down and we'll talk about it a bit more as we go we go in the future and so, more info is available so is this becoming a brew crafters podcast where we go from the evolution of grain in canada to beer in germany I'm sensing a theme here, and I didn't consent to it. I'm so. sure. I'm sure we can squeeze a Brewcrafters episode in because that is a great game. Sure. Let's not. Let's not do that podcast. <laughs> Other people do the brew. Podcasts. Indeed. Anyway, without further ado, let's get on to today's game. So, I think today we're looking at uh, 1857. Uh, it's a winsome 18xx title, and it was in the 2015 Essen set. It's set in Argentina. So just a little bit of background information. So Winsome are a very small boutique publisher. They tend to make these sets of games available every year for Essen. It's a very small print run, I think limited to 100, maybe 200 copies in some years. And it's very, very basic in their, their setup. Uh, you know, you get some small cubes, you get some very small certificates, you get a map on paper with it. It's assumed you have a copy of 1830 to play as all of these are, are 1830 derivatives. And I think, you know, Winsome Games, by their nature, generally focus on, on, particularly focus down on elements of 18xx. But again, we'll talk about that in a bit more detail as we go through this. Craig, talk to us a bit about what a derivative of 1830 is. Sure. So 1830 is the original Francis Tresham game, as I'm sure everybody in our audience knows. Here's the thing. A derivative will typically take that, that Corsair rules and give you 
some... Um, oh, sorry, Dave, go on. Oh, I'm going to pick you up on one thing there. It isn't actually the original Francis Tresham game. Oh, apologies. Um, I think 1825 and 1829 came before it, uh, and 25 came in a bunch of different regional kits. But 30 is the one that, that really kind of, I think, you know, exploded 18xx as thank a scene as regarded as the best. So thank you for the correction. We'll pick our own mark mistakes up this episode. Absolutely. No, no, thank you for that correction. No, sure. So it's derivative of 1830, Francis Tresham design, more strictly correct. Um, now, interestingly... It just tweaks a few rules, and there's a there's a there's a whole genre of these things you could argue eighteen thirty on a different map where it's just the locations are slightly different, or there's a, a tweak to a single rule or whatnot. This very much falls in that stable. This particular one claims to be eighteen thirty, but with even pointier elbows. It runs in about four hours. Companies are easier to capitalise, making pseudo alliances less likely, less necessary to get companies off the ground. But there's fewer trains, so you've got more companies, fewer trains. That that feels like that's going to be, as you say, quite a tough balancing mm. act. It, yeah, it's pretty brutal. The other thing, these wide myriad of companies adds to adds to the game, they block before they're even in play. So their home stations block the generation of revenue functionally and developing of networks, whether whether they're floated or not. So essentially, you create this general. Um, what's the term I'm looking for? you create a general feeling of austerity across the game, which um, makes bankruptcy or ruination absolutely a likely outcome for one of the players at the table. More so, than likely to be me in most instances, I'd imagine. So if you zig where you should have zagged, you're, you're ruined. And if you're not up for that experience, yeah, just don't come in the door. This is a, this is a nasty one. But if you like the ability to interact with other players in the truest sense, you can hurt their outcomes. If you choose to do so, the option's on the table with this one. So that's the overview of the game. Shall we um, go into the detail of how, it, apart from just trains and capitalisation, how it achieves that, Dave? Absolutely. Let's look. Let's look at some of the things that, that happened through the course of the game. So, um, so I think you know. Uh, let's look at the share round to start with. So you know, in there, companies are going to capitalise at fifty percent rather than sixty percent. So, I'd like. Uh, to, I'd like to step back, Dave. Okay. Can so, we? Can we? Can we start with the auction? Sure. Sorry. Because yes. Apologies. I, I missed the auction out. Of course. Uh, and the, the privates are actually really important in this. So the auction is much simpler than a 18, typical 1830 game. It uses a more Euro-style auction, you'll sense a theme here of our opening two episodes, where the priority deal player will select a company that goes up for auction and can place a minimum bid of five, or they could just pass out and say, I don't want the thing, but a minimum bid of five, you go clock rock, well, you go in priority order around the table, um, making, bids in, you know, making bids in units of five, and first person and last person standing gets to pick wins. the next he wins the wins the item and gets the pick and what goes up for auction the next. next one that's up absolutely so now the interesting thing here is that whole there they start at zero right so it's player defined value for these privates and they all have a face price of 40 defined which is obviously important in the game for transferring them into companies and how much compensation the player individually gets but it's interesting that these things can go for very little money the other thing about the privates is just talk to their detail very briefly very simple functions Nothing absolutely transformative here, but it does avoid using the tired, tired tropes of must start company X or ignores terrain cost type for river. It's some interesting things about value multipliers around specific cities on the board or um, yeah, or trading in for a share at any time, but any share at any time. It's just some nice tweaks. Pretty simple. Pretty simple to get your head around if you're coming in. And I think, you know, one of the things I, I found when we played play the game, you know, is that they're actually quite, quite powerful, but quite different, as you say. And... 
rather than in some 1830 derivatives, you get privates that are just the same as you get in 1830, set in the scenario, the With same location, you different colours. Yep, absolutely. These are these privates are very unique to this game, uh, and and as you say, within the context, within the constraints of the box that you've got of the game here, they're actually quite powerful. Um, you know, they do they do make a big difference. Well, I like the fact they feature soft incentives, right? With 1830. You, you have um, the company that will always typically start. You know, you, there's the president's shares part of the package. With this, it's kind of there's things that in, incentivize you to start the orange company that starts on the south or enable you to make more of, of uh, the bag screen company that starts in Buenos Aires. Yes. Rather than saying you have to, they incentivize you to. But, but, but they, they make it so that if you do start that company and you've got that private, again, uh, we talked about this a lot in the last episode, but you get mm. synergies and it works well for you. So mm. then there can be bidding wars for starting companies as well. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those and we'll things. Talk, and we'll talk some specific interesting outcomes you can see where you might start a company that doesn't necessarily synergize with your private, but gives you some more legs later in the game. Like I say, I think that those soft incentives are more interesting to me than rigorous. You must do this now. So after the well, after the auction, we then go into the share round, which Dave was so desperate to speak about, he was going to ignore the privates. I, I love my share rounds. Um, yeah, so go ahead, Dave. So no, I mean, in that instance, uh, one of the first points that you know is that uh, the companies uh, start at 50% floating, which is... Which is um, uh, less than you see in some games I think it does it does exist out there there are a number mm. of 18xx's that do that a number of 18xx's that start a lot less but um, but certainly it's a unique change to be aware of it makes that, that calculation very different uh, and you're fully capitalised so this is not an incremental cap you're not going to feed money into the companies throughout the course of the game you sell 50% of that company you're getting 100% of the money and off you go on your on your, uh, your way with your train company so, uh, it, so that's... it's quite interesting right because it makes it like I said I alluded to in the intro that 50% cap makes a huge difference because it's buying the sixth share in 1830 games that tends to be tough. You're relying on somebody else. So it lets you achieve, a, you can go, you can par higher or just par solo or par multiple copies, go companies solo. Yeah, more I, active companies. I think, I think the sixth share, as you say, do, does mean that the, you drive lower par price. Certainly one of our plays of, of 57, we had a really interesting thing where every company that opened, and, and not all of them opened during the game, but every company that opened parred at 100. You know, and... Mm. and there's quite a lot of cash sloshing around, but even then, the ones that are opening late in the game are really stretched to buy some of the late game trains. You know, of course, you're, diesels you're... are one thousand one hundred, right? In the classic yeah. eighteen thirty cents, unless you're getting the trading, that's expensive. Like you say, yeah. Is that a nice segue into trains next? I I guess so. I mean, what I just want to say quickly before we do segue into trains, the obsession of the podcast is that even though you can float companies by yourself. There's so few trains in this game, specifically just on an overview level, so few trains that you're going to be hitting that expensive trains real quick. Yeah, and I think I think again, looking just before we go into this, sorry, wrap up the share round slightly. Um, obviously, again, like with twenty two, it's money that you have cash in hand at the end of the share round that determines priority. Yes, which again makes some of those interesting decisions. Uh, here, you don't have the the knowledge that was given to you in twenty two in terms of what's coming. Why am I saving money for something? Here, you know, you're trying to decide whether you want priority and, and keeping it for a future instance. But so that's another interesting choice. No, I think that's absolutely right to bring up because I think it's one of the stronger attributes of this particular title. Because, I'll tell you what, if you want priority, you liquidate a share. If it's important to you to be first and get reservation on the, I don't know, the orange company next round, you can play to that. It's not just about sitting to the left of the chattiest plat, sort of to the right, to the, to the right of the, uh, it's to the left. It's to the left. Thank you. I can't do, can't do left and right, which makes map, which makes routing on maps real hard. That's, that's two strikes today. Absolutely. Three strikes and you're out. <laughs> yes, exactly. Sitting, to, sitting next to the person who's the chattiest player, for want of a better term, in terms of their share transactions, 
gives you advantage. It's that left-right player binding thing. Yeah, yeah. This eliminates that. If you want to get priority and you're willing to take the actions to make yourself liquid, you can get priority. And, and I, that, that I think makes it quite a volatile stock market. You see people churning shares through the course okay. of the game. They're, they're a temporary transferable asset that is, as you say, liquidated to give you cash and, and put you in certain positions at certain points in time. Um, and again, uh, I think we'll touch on that as we go forwards a little bit more. So trains, um, I think standard, they're standard trains. They count number of revenue stops. There's nothing special with them. Um, they you know start out at twos two three four five six going into diesels diesels a run of infinite length uh counting everything they can hit in that space obviously subject to normal run rules and can't run through block tokens double back etc 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 um but i think the key thing is is the number of trains isn't it really yeah absolutely so if you take the normal 1830 set and then knock one train off every tier so you can have five two trains four three trains three four trains two five trains and notably one six train that's the that's the distribution here and the impact of that on the game functionally is that six train is the last value train okay and it's one of them yeah so positioning yourself to get that or if you can't get that getting the diesel upgrade is huge and that's well I had the last game i played which weirdly was last night was there was an insane moment where I buy the five train with one company I buy the six train with the other company and I'm thinking I'm out of this game I haven't got a diesel Okay, you know, there's there's run there's potentially runs on the board. The value, the, the massive runs comes from deep, can originate from diesels rather than these smaller trains. Unless they've got value routes. Spoiler: I had value routes, but by the by, but the ripples that caused suddenly the six train rusts this guy's got guys four trains. He's now buying the diesel, which which sorry, sorry, rusts the guys three trains rather. He's then buying a diesel that rusts my other opponent's four trains, and suddenly everybody's buying trains out of pocket, and I'm sitting there. On about you, you've already stabilised yourself at that point. Absolutely, you've got permanent drains. Well, they're, they're all liquidating. That's the crazy thing, mm. right? I hadn't seen this this impact. Everybody's liquidating. Emergency transfer, um, train purchase mode. I'm getting rid of shares like Billio, and they're all there for me to buy next round, Dave. Yeah, I've, I've got priority. You're already set. You're pulling the money out of the companies, and, and again, once you get the permanent, and they training, can't buy them because they've got no money. Yeah, yeah. That's and you're, the crazy thing. You're trying to ride that gravy train. Uh, no pun. Oh, is that the first part of the episode? Um, but you're trying to ride that all the way to the end. Then you know, once the perms are in, you want to be dividend as much as you can, unless you think there's a good reason to to withhold to get yourself the diesel. But but the diesels are super expensive. They're more than the capitalization of the company. You're gonna have to find a way to get that money in a company somehow, some way, shape, or form. You know, with six companies, they're not all gonna get those small perm trains. Well, I said thing about the five six trains, right? Just talking. I mean, it's a general thing, but it was exciting in this particular game. I've got spare money. I haven't had to buy a diesel. Those trains are good value. I capitalised them very high. I, you know, I went with a, a hundred per, um, pardon high rather, the hundred level. I had spare money for stations, so I can spoil those diesel runs. So not so they get the diesels. Great, they've had to pay for these wonderful diesels that can derive uh, massive value. And then you're not just you, chopping those runs out. Absolutely, but I'm there with the axe. Like no, those rails don't run to Argentina. They don't run to Buenos Aires anymore, buddy. You're not getting into Buenos Aires. Uh, I'm guessing everyone loved you after that. Play. Oh god, it was the most spiteful game I'd ever played. And I tell you what, if I'm pretty certain if my friend Stuart could have punched me in the face, he would have done. And it's fine. It's all good. Um, it's all, like I said, this is the point. It's, I, hope, I hope I'm conveying the pointy elbows in this. There's. If you want to win, you're not going to remain friends inside the context of this game. It's you know it's very hard to win friendly with this one. So kind of capping back, you were starting to talk about tokening out and looking at the board a little bit more and profitable cities. So yeah, let's let's talk about about those. So I think you know there's a bunch of off-board locations that, that kind of come in and play, make some difference. Uh, Buenos Aires, unsurprisingly, is the most profitable city in it. Uh, although it ha- interestingly has two 
distinct connections that never meets during the course it's the new, of the game. It's the, it's the New York City template, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, the, it's, the, it's the two distinct connections. They never converge in this one, and the value steps up 40, 60, 80. But you can obviously run to both if you can get mm. the right route set up. And, but you can't garrison both, to use a term our friend uses. You can't garrison both. Yeah, I'm still going with station. Okay. Garrison. Garrison's a war game, a term, which, sure. which is acceptable, but this is not a war game. Sure. Oh, well, I don't know. That last story makes me feel like it's a war game. <laughs> yeah, no, that was just brutal <laughs> warfare by the sounds of it. Sure. Um, no, the interesting thing there is, right, uh, Buenos Aires is features on the east side of the map. Okay, It's surrounded by dits. It's surrounded by weird um, grey uh, gray prelay track that's hard to route around. It's also the opposite side of the map, of the map to all of the off-board bonuses. All oh, the, the good ones. So, so you, it's, it's difficult to make it work well because the early on in the game, I guess you've got lots of things that are sucking revenue out of the train. You know, mm. two trains going to run out of Buenos Aires. Oh, I've hit a little dit doink station. Yeah. Or an upgrade city, which is almost as bad. Yep. And and it's just um, yeah you're you're just in a real hole at that point. Pays off at the end of the game when you can run a diesel that can count as many things if, as it can see. If I played a game where you can absolutely make an absolute wreck of making routes in Buenos Aires well, um, and yeah you can you can make Buenos Aires very profitable or someone can come in and spoil, right? That's absolutely plausible for someone to come in spoil and make Buenos Aires a two stop thing and eighty by itself is not enough. No, and, and, and there's obviously a bunch of places you can talk with people out around the periphery of it, as you say. They're going to cause some interesting challenges. So, I mean, so the geography of the map lends itself to destitution as well, right? It's 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 hard to access to make high value runs. And here's the thing: I didn't mention it at the start. The bank is bigger. Sorry, the bank is smaller. Although the bank is smaller than 1830, rather, it feels very very tight in terms. Of, if if you don't have bankruptcy ending the game. You're running out the sort of procedural tail end of the game for a long time. If yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, and I'm going to touch on that a little bit more in my thoughts about at the end of it. Of course, but, but yeah, I think you know. Well, I think that's a product you, of the map as much as anything else, right? You've it's got those designed to, 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 to cause bankruptcy to, to you say mm. to, to hit players where it hurts. So yeah, so you've got the map, you've got the station tokens that, um, well, the home stations that block people from the get go. It's hard to get high revenues in this. Yeah. And you, yeah. maybe you don't like that. Maybe you want to hit big numbers and you get you get a buzz out of engineering high-value routes, core, hit an 80. You're not doing that in this game. No. No. And, and especially, as you say, late on, people are token you out. Those those things you thought were going to look good and here's where I make my money. Not coming. Not going to happen in this one. Well, should, should, we go to, should we go to our general free ram, rambling thoughts as opposed to kind of the... As, as opposed to our structured free rambling thoughts. Absolutely. Well, yeah, but rather the in, weed, in the weed detail, how it makes us feel, what we, yeah, yeah, we think it's suitable absolutely. for, that sort of thing. Absolutely. Do you, uh, do you want to go first? I'll tell you what, I'm going to let you go first this time, Dave. Okay. I appreciate I talk a lot. No, 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 okay. And, and, and this is an interesting one, because we do have a bit of a role reversal here, because you've actually played this one more than me. So, um, so yeah, I'll kind of leave you my thoughts, and you can follow up with the, with the expertise at this point. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, I like it. I think it's interesting. You know, it's, it's, it does some different things. As I say, it's not just a derivative of 1830. It does things within its own sandbox that cause players pain challenges and, and, and you know make it make it a very different uh different type of game i think you know those privates that we touched on earlier they have a really big impact they are sufficiently different and sufficiently uh structured in their way that they really make this its own game rather than say just a, an 1830 um we we played a we played one of the games at the three player and, and i have to be honest at that count it felt a little bit loose a little bit thing you know a little bit too much space not too much. You can kind of form some semi-informal alliances and block other players out. So, so I think it wasn't really a preferable player count. Well, I agree with that, right? I mean, when you play at three players, there's no spectre of player elimination. Although the train rush will put one of you at a disadvantage, probably, probably functionally eliminate you. It won't actually 
I think you still have enough cash in hand that you can, you know, the train rush means that you're, you're you're just taking cash out your own pocket to buy it. You're not going, there's no way back for this. I'm not, I'm just, you know, absolutely being, being you know, destroyed here. And I think, here. I just think it takes the edge off it. I don't like it at three. I, no, I think it, at I, four upwards, it's weird. There's kind of sharp pivot at four. It's really, it's actually quite good. Every four player game I've played of this has been good. Five, even better. Haven't yet played it at six. I won't lie. It's hard. It's hard I, I to get. I think six grown men would go home crying at that point. Absolutely. I wish I could speak to six, but I won't. I won't lie and claim I can speak to something I can't. There. But four upwards. This is a really solid game. Pointy but solid. Three left me a bit cold. And I think you know, just just to kind of wrap up my thoughts on that, I definitely want to play it again. You know, I think we played a couple of player counts. It's 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 good. I want to experience it more at those higher player counts. Really see some of those sharp elbows. Um, you know, um, so I guess you know, given given the availability of it, and the lack of availability, wins some games are very hard to find. You know, uh, we we're hoping some publishers pick some up. I know Queen Games picked some of their other games up, but I think they pick eighteen XX up. But um, I'd love to know the way of putting the right pressure on Winsome Stroke Queen, so someone to release this. Be it Winsome to release it, so it's a print. It's not going to happen, but. So it's a community demand kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it's yeah. a community thing or a publisher to pick it up. Okay. Because I think I actually of the I, I eighteen first derivatives I've played. Yeah, if, if any really publishers strong. are listening, then then you know we we think this is a good one for you guys to pick up. You know, GMT maybe. I suspect GMT are not listening to our podcast, but um, sure. I mean, look, my, my views on it are all right. The refinements this bring that they bring that brought to this one are all worthy refinements. The most money priority on the auctions, great. The soft incentive privates, as opposed to the, the ones that leave you kind of hand tied. I must do this thing because I want this private. You, you're free to if you've got the if you've got the station token multiplier that makes a particular city worth more for your company you don't have to start that company to get the benefit from it you can start a neighbouring company and try to take a longer position as opposed to a, yeah, a short term position try and get there with the diesel at the end of the game you know, well, maybe maybe not quite that longer term position Dave but if you want to try and make that one work that's all the power to you but I saw someone do it with a company that didn't look like it was well positioned for it but actually ended up having a more powerful overall kind of end game position due to making that combination work um, I, so yeah, privates I think are good I think the easier capitalisation I think it's easier for new players to get around right so although this is pointing I wouldn't stick a new player at, point a new player at it what I did find with the one new player I bought into it they didn't end up in a situation where oh I've bought the wrong share so now I'm not playing the game at all I'm in an unwilling investor role you're never in an unwilling investor role in this if you want to start a thing you can start a thing almost guaranteed yeah and I, I think you know that, that that's one of the key differences of incremental versus full capitalization with full cap you know as you say whether it's 50 60 percent or whatever the number is that gets your company running you're going to get a lot of money in there at the start subject to par price and, and you know as you say that can ease some of that on ramp for somebody who's a bit new so so yeah i kind of i'm kind of inclined to agree i don't think it's it's something you'd take somebody to on a first playthrough uh possibly not even a second second title but if somebody's really I saying did. i did dave it's yeah fine, but, but, but he you like, do crazy things but he likes really brutal games generally and i figured i'd like to show yeah. him what this system can do in terms of interaction <laughs> here it is and and yeah you know yeah. We're, we're just gonna have a lot of pain I'm for a sorry, while phil i'm sorry don't um, tell anyone. But I think, um, I think you know, yeah, certainly if somebody's got the appetite for 18xx or, you know, uh, is interested in exploring it in more things, then I think, you know, we, we definitely recommend this as one of those. I've, I've got some more thoughts on it as well. Sorry, I've cut your thoughts off. No, you're fine. It's fine. So I think, let's say, the, the refinements to this all feel quite modern. They don't jar. They, they blend quite nicely. Um, specifically... The only criticism I really have of it, okay, because when I say it's not for a certain audience, that's not a criticism. That's just a warning, right? If you're not, if it's, you know, you don't go and watch science if fiction. You want, if you want an engineering 18xx, this isn't the one for you. Exactly. If, if you, you want a financial levers, 
knock yourself out. Absolutely. If you want escapism, right? Don't. If you want escapism, don't read a textbook. And if you want, if you don't want escapism, don't go and watch Guardians of the Galaxy. It's just knowing what. It's knowing who it's for. My specific criticism of this is, I just wonder if it's train rushed the game, right? Is it too hyper focused? Because basically, my victory, my my recent victory, and I won't hark on about it too long, came basically because everybody else didn't manage to train rush. It was, it was after that point, their ruination of having to dilute everything out. It was it was done. The game was done. Then we could have just we could have just put you know, put a pin in it. It's done. Yeah, and and to that point, you know, that's a really important part of people's eight eight six learning curve. You know, you're learning, you things you've got to learn as you go through this is how do companies capitalise? You know, how do shares and shareholdings and certificates work? But train rust, being aware of that, managing that, uh, is a really important point on people's learning curve. So actually, part and parcel of that that journey that people go on. To, to be good players, then then it probably sits somewhere on there, or, or something of this ilk that does it similarly. Yeah, something, this, something you can actually buy, right? This well, yeah, of course, of course. Um, but but this one, you know, it feels like it amplifies. And, and, and we were saying earlier on, you know, part of the the winsome approach is very much to look at some of the effects in an eighteen XX, and I think you know really make sure they come to the fore as part of the game. This one amplifies the train rush, puts that pressure on players through the whole game. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think you know, if that's the design objective, mission accomplished. 110%. Yeah. Credit credit to Eddie Robbins for this one. Yeah. And whilst we're doing name checks, I do have to name check Jonathan Wells, who was kind enough to lend us a copy of this so we could even play it, yeah. let, let alone review it. So no, very thank you so much. You'll get it back now, I promise. <laughs> um, we're done We're done with playing it for now, but but obviously, you know, yeah, if, if Jonathan wants to play it again, I'm sure we'll both happily sit down and play it with him. So, oh, wow, sorry guys, cheapest Creepers, that's me hitting the uh, pop filter that's meant to make less noise, not more noise. So Dave, do you want to leave the closing out and the housekeeping stuff? Yeah, so I think, you know, uh, thank you for listening to, to the first episode. Hopefully you've come back for a second one and listened to us ramble again. So um, we're going to keep doing it. As we said, we, we've got some plans for 36 junior to come down the line soon but we need to get a few more plays in uh, and we thought what we do is, is open it up very much and, and, and ask you what what do you guys want to hear about so we're going to put a little poll up i think on the website um what, 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 what website dave the, the trainrush.com that's well done, well done. yeah, yeah I, I know where our web presence is we, we have some some web presence but we're going to put a poll up on there we're going to leave it open for a few days a week or so and ask you some feedback as to what you think you'd like us to do in, in a future episode uh i think the options we're looking at just so, so people can do that is uh, 1846 which obviously is, is quite a number of people's favorite introductory step uh, I'm sure a lot of people have played that, um, but but we're happy to do an episode on that one. Uh, we've got 18 Island uh, on the list. Uh, certainly that's a very different game to 46, but I think that will again, again, again give a different viewpoint of the world. And I, I threw something very left field on the list as we were pulling it together. And I went with a, another Marflo game, uh, which is 1893 Cologne. Um, so I'm not sure if many people have played that. I think it's quite a small playable one. Tramway one, isn't it? Uh, it's the, no, no, no. That's the Berlin one. Uh, actually, sorry, eighteen nine. Yes, eighteen eighty one. Berlin Apologies. is set on the Berlin tramway. Eighteen ninety three. Cologne kind of does that that region around Cologne, Dusseldorf. Um, oh, I'm desperate to play a tramway one day. But that either Berlin, Berlin's Berlin good. Or we, CLE. We, we will play those soon. If a, if a publisher wants to send me CLE, then you know my email address. It's fine. Um, so I think you know. Uh, as I say, thank you for coming back a second time for those of you that have, and uh, we're looking forward to putting a few more together in, in the coming weeks. Uh, we're, we're 
We're obviously going to slow down at some point, I think, and, and end up on a monthly schedule. But uh, but whilst the, the enthusiasm and the excitement is here, we'll, we'll try and get another one out uh, pretty soon, I think. Cool. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, what I will say is, just to close out, if you've got any specific feedback you want to throw at us, there is a Contact Us page on the website that will tell you all the channels for getting in touch with us. And that website is? Uh, that is, again, thetrainrush.com. Um, like I say, super keen. We've got some thoughts around maybe written content as well. Is that of any interest? Um, maybe I'll stick. Maybe I'll stick a uh, post up there to ask what people are interested in, yeah. in general terms, and get hopefully get some feedback from you guys out there. So thank you very much, and signing out. Hey, steamheads, Craig Taylor here. Just wanted to append a correction to the end of this episode. So in the initial privates auction, the minimum bid for these privates is forty. Now, in our games, they've never gone for less than forty, and the spirit of what we're trying to convey is still there because 40 is grossly undercosted for the value you will derive from these privates. They never go, like I said, they never go for less than 40, so it is still largely player-defined value. Um, I hope this correction has been informative.